This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we are super excited to be back with you guys today on another episode continuing off of last week's topic on morality this week. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about morality. We want to do a, a, a mini-series. Exactly. Yeah, it's not not a full series, yeah. just a two-fold. mini-series yeah, on how science cannot explain everything. And so this is part yep. two. We're going to be talking about morality uh, today. But uh, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We're happy mm-hmm. that you're here. This is Tyler, and I am Robbie. We're still the yes. same people. Same as always. Yeah, you know? and we are back to talk more about apologetics, mm-hmm. life, the Phoenix Suns, and the pursuit of happiness. Absolutely. Which, yeah. you know, those are... It's amazing. All, yeah, it's, it's They great. coincide yeah. with each other, you know? They do. So they really yeah. do. For me, anyway, yeah. For all you Spurs fans yeah. out there, probably not, because we just beat you last Heck night, no. and it was yep. great. Suns, Cardinal. It's a great time to be an Arizona sports it's fan. It's usually you know? terrible to be an Arizona sports fan, and right now, we're, I'm loving it. Yeah, so. we're having a great time. So 90% of you couldn't care less about this conversation. It's true, especially those that don't even live in the U.S. and don't care about yeah. these sports at all, yep. like at all. So, so let's move on to yeah. apologetics <laughs> and things that we all care about. Yep. Now, before we do that, we want to start with a coffee tip. And so I have a practical coffee tip for everyone today. Are you ready for this, Tyler? Uh, I'm ready to hear it. This morning, I was out at a coffee shop, and I was meeting with a guy, and uh, I ordered a latte, and I'm sitting in, they have these really big cushy seats. It was at In Route. Mm, okay. Have you been to In Route yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm sitting in this big cushy seat, and I'm kind of sitting back, and I'm holding my latte, and I'm sipping it, and I, I probably got about 25%, a quarter of the way through it, right? Mm, so there's okay. still a lot in there. And all of the sudden, the bottom of it, I just heard a pop, like, and then there was like the seam on the bottom of the cup, like the glue melted or something, and it broke, and it just started a stream leaking onto my lap of hot latte. What the And I was like, "Ah!" You're probably confused (laughs) because you probably didn't even figure out why it was leaking at first, I bet. it was so weird. Yeah, I'm like, what is happening? And so I'm like, but I can't, but so I tried to tip it over and I'm trying to plug the hole with my (laughs) finger and it's hot and I'm like, ah, and so it spilled all over the table, all over me, all over the floor. Oh my I took it over to the girls and I'm like, I don't know what just happened to this cup. It just like popped open and they're looking at it they're like that is weird we've never seen that before and so i don't know if it just wasn't glued right or wow. whatever but this paper cup like yeah. it just exploded in my that lap that doesn't happen often no and so i'm sitting there and then i got they gave me you know they made me a new drink and everything they oh, gave us cool, a yeah. rag to clean up but it got all over my pants and shirt and everything and uh i'm sitting there like with the rest of this meeting with this guy talking yeah. about stuff and dude, I had just like PTSD about this cup <laughs> popping again. So I'd like drink it quick and I put it back on the table, you know, <laughs> and I was just like worried it was going to pop. So my tip for the day mm. is it's probably a great idea to always get a double cupped drink. Wow. In case that, Just in case, in case man. You, you know, you happen to be one of the people who's also struck by lightning in this case. Exactly. <laughs> like just yeah. get a cup just, that just explodes just on you. Get yeah. two cups and yeah. stack, just ask for an extra cup. Uh, it would have saved me a lot of hassle and, and it would not stained my jeans and That's made a mess on the floor. So that is the coffee tip for today. It comes from trial and error in my own life. Wow. But Double cup your coffee because you never know when it's just going to explode good all over you. That so is, that's that's it. That is definitely good advice. Thank you. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind next time. You should. You really should. 
But okay, now on for the topic for today. Again, we are talking about how science cannot explain everything, part two. Yes. Okay, and this is going to be focused again on uh, morality. Science cannot explain why we have morality, right? It's true. It, it just declares what is. And yep. so uh, to get into that, we kind of just wanted to start off by talking about how most human beings acknowledge that there are morally objective truths, right? Yes. Like, examples, like tons of people, especially like in the American culture, like people recognize this uh, very uh, in depth that racism is wrong for all people in all times and in all places. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, or for another example, right, uh, torturing babies for fun is also wrong. Yep. And that's something that should be wrong all places, all time for yep. all people. And so th- these are things that people understand. People know. Yeah. And people just know. We know this. And, and, and to yeah. be honest, like one of the ways you can know that people think like, for instance, racism mm-hmm. is wrong for everybody yeah. is yeah. because if somebody would say, actually, I'm a racist and I don't think it's wrong. What would people do? What would most people in our society do? They'd be like, no, that is awful. Why? Because racism is bad for everybody. It is. It absolutely is. And it's not about your opinion, my opinion. It really (laughs) is bad Mm -hmm. for everybody. It's objectively wrong. And and everybody agrees with this. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't you say there are things that everybody knows are wrong for everybody? Of course. Of course there are. Right? Whether it's murder, whether it's theft, whatever, we think it's wrong for everybody for all time. Exactly. And so the key there is that moral laws, they don't just describe what it is, they prescribe what ought to be. And so that's yes. the difference there, right? Yeah, moral laws are describing how we should live. Yeah. Or what, yeah, what ought, not what is, mm-hmm. but what ought to be. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's we, where we make a distinction. This person stole, mm-hmm. and that shouldn't have been, it ought to have been. Right, and that's right? what, we, that's what yeah. we believe, and that's where there's a difference between two different types of morality. There's subjective and objective morality, uh, meaning there is an absolute morality or there is a relative morality, which we yep. believe that there is an objective uh, in that case, that it's true, like we just said, for all people, all places, at all time. Yep. So, the, and, mo- and most people believe that, right? Like, like yeah, when yeah, push exactly. comes to shove, like, because we've done shows on relativism before. Of course where we people have, say, yeah. hey, what's true for you is true for you. What's true <laughs> for me is true for me. They don't really believe that because right. there's something they think is binding or is a rule that everybody is supposed to follow. Yeah, of course. And we've talked about that time and time again. And you'll hear us discuss relativism a lot in this episode too. Yep. Uh, throughout these arguments that we're hearing here as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's either but, relative to you and you mm-hmm. make up your own rules. Or there's rules that somebody else set for us out there. Exactly. And that's what objective morality would Exactly. Be. And that's something that we, we agree, that we would believe is that moral laws, they don't merely describe what it is. They prescribe what ought to be. They tell us what mankind ought to do whether they are doing it or not that's exactly how it works yes and i think Mm -hmm. most people would agree with this most people go there's this standard or this unwritten written rule book that exists out there and we all know we're supposed to follow certain things yeah of course um and and then people admit and we don't all follow certain things right yeah but we should and that's, that's so what where does that thinks. come from, right? Exactly. And so you have a couple of choices, right? Either there's a God who exists, which is what we're proponents of, mm-hmm. and it's grounded in him, or it comes from science. Right. And yeah. we got to see how science says morality stems up. And that's the whole idea of this episode is science cannot explain where morality comes from. It's an inadequate explanation. And so let's get into it. We have a few reasons why science 
cannot explain where morality comes from. The first reason is that science, by its very nature, what it is, is a prescriptive thing, not a descriptive thing. So science describes what is happening or what is the case. It tells us how the natural world is operating. Right? That's the idea. We discover, we study, we theorize, we look for repeatability, and then we say, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Science describes what is happening. Science cannot prescribe what should be the case, what should be happening. It doesn't tell us how the world ought to be. It only tells us what is happening. Mm. Okay? So that's that's an important distinction. Science is prescriptive. It's not descriptive. So science can tell me um, how the sun and the moon are moving. We yeah. can study it, and we can even forecast what it's going to look like tomorrow because we know what it looked like last year on that day. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can do study and we can see patterns and repeatability so we can explain what the sun and the moon are doing. But nobody could ever tell you what really should be happening is that the (laughs) sun should (laughs) should should be moving this way or the moon should be going the opposite direction. Science is inadequate to explain how things should be. Exactly. All it can explain is how things are. Are. It's just discovering what already is. That's the point. It's it is. Not, it, it doesn't. You can't find out through the scientific method of how it ought to be. Yeah, you can't. And so that's where science is or the inadequate. Purpose behind it, exactly. Yeah, that's where yeah. science is inadequate to explain moral values. Mm-hmm. So I have this quote, and this is from a biochemist, Jacques Monod. He's a Nobel Prize winner. And listen to how he puts it: <clears throat> One of the greatest problems of philosophy is the relationship between the realm of knowledge and the realm of values. Knowledge is what is, and values are what ought to be. I would say that all traditional philosophies, up to and including communism, have tried to derive the ought from the is. This is impossible. If it is true that there is no purpose in the universe, that man is a pure accident, you cannot derive any ought from is. It's really bold. Well, it, yeah. it is bold. And so, so what he's saying, and remember, this guy is a biochemist, right? He's yeah, a scientist. of course. And he's saying you can't get moral rules that apply to everybody from a godless universe. Well, and if if there is a godless universe, uh, he he would be right. That's yep. the thing, because you got to think you cannot adequately ground morality in evolutionary biology. It's not possible. Well, yeah, and that, that it's yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't. And so, so going back to so point number one mm-hmm. is science is inadequate to explain morality because it's yes, it's uh, descriptive. It's not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. It, it describes what is happening. It doesn't prescribe how things ought to be. All right, so number reason number two. Yeah. Let's number get on two, to that. yep. You cannot adequately ground morality <laughs> in evolutionary biology. That is reason number two. Um, I have a quote as well. This is by uh, Michael Roos. He's a philosopher of evolutionary biology. Mm-hmm. So again, another biologist. Yep, non-Christian. Non-Christian, yeah. Yep. Uh, so he said here, morality is a biological adaptation, no less, than our hands and feet and teeth. Considered as a rationally justifiable set of claims about an objective something... Ethics is illusionary. 
I appreciate that when somebody says, love thy neighbor as thyself, they think they are referring above and beyond themselves. Nevertheless, such reference is is truly without foundation. Morality is just an aid to survival and reproduction, and any deeper meaning is illusionary. So you see what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, if, if there is, like you said, a godless universe, this, this, this is, is true. This is true. This will be true. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what he's saying is that if there is a godless universe, all that morality, and I, you, for those of you listening, I'm using quotes, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, for all that morality really is, it would just be, again, it's natural, selfishly based mm-hmm. instinct for the promotion of survival and reproduction, like you said. And it has no other basis. And it's a way to feel maybe better that you're serving something among, like, bigger than yourself. Sure. And well, that's exactly what he's saying here in the quote. Yeah what, yeah, they, what they have to believe is that evolution is true and that morality came from the material. Yeah, exactly. So, so you've got this idea that, okay, um, we all inside of us have this idea that murder is bad. Right. The only reason we have that is because as a species, we've evolved to a certain point, and that belief helps us with survivability. Mm-hmm. But he's saying the belief that that really is wrong is an illusion. Mm. It's only to help us survive. It's not wrong. Because here's the other thing, Tyler. Um, let's say this. When you run a red light... It's wrong, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, why is it wrong? Because I'm putting myself and others in danger when I do it. That's true. Yeah. But it's also... Okay, but, but let me let me ask you this. Okay. What, what if in our country, red meant go and green meant stop? Then it wouldn't be wrong. Then running a red light's no big deal, of right? Of course. So... So the reason running a red light is a big deal, you're right. You jumped to, it'll hurt somebody yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. Which is right. absolutely true. But another reason it's wrong <coughs> is because it's against the law. Right. Okay. It's uh, against the law. You're right. So for something to be wrong, really wrong, it has to be breaking a rule that has been set by somebody or something. Mm, right. So our government or state or whatever has set certain rules up and breaking those rules is wrong because we're going against an authority. Yeah. Right? Now, the reason we have those rules and we've decided upon them is because we don't want to hurt other people. Yeah, exactly. Right. But if hurting other people is only a thing that's evolved within us, it's not really wrong. Because in order for something to be wrong, you have to have some authority you're going against. Mm-hmm. So hurting other people um, isn't a good idea. But we all believe Mm. that, and I would say because there is a God Mm -hmm. who set the standard that that's wrong. So for something to be truly wrong, there has to be a law or an authority I'm going against. Exactly. And so that that law and authority, as you would say, uh, that's what Michael Roos was talking about. He's saying for for the Mm non-God idea, it's that... That not that authority or whatever that we're all agreeing to is survival, and it, right? And yeah, that's, and that's so what really, he's claiming. There really isn't this law we're breaking out. There. Exactly. So that that's it's his an point. Illusion. He's saying it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yes. So he's saying it's just it's just a helpful illusionary story. Yeah. Again, the last sentence of that quote, he said, "Morality is just an aid to survival and reproduction. Any deeper meaning is illusion illusionary." Yeah. So think about yeah. this. What he is saying, and th- this is his view. Yeah. Morality is actually a genetic trick. Mm-hmm. It's a genetic trick. <laughs> it gets us to think that we're doing something that's good 
and that we're following a law that's out there, that's a standard. Yeah. But yeah. in reality, it's only a subjective belief that's evolved within us that is selfishly oriented to our survival. It's not really right or really wrong. It's just about uh, living till tomorrow. Now, again, there's yeah. a lot of problems with this because there's a lot of morality that I don't know how that helps with survivability, right? Like rape. You would think right. rape being wrong goes against survivability. Mm, yeah, but for some yeah. reason, we all know that that's wrong. But that's exactly, because I think right. we live in God's world. So here's another <laughs> quote by Michael Roos about this. He says, quote, The way our biology enforces its end is by making us think that there is an objective higher code to which we're all subject. Because we think that ethics is objectively based, we are inclined to obey moral rule. But again, he's saying it's an illusion. We think that there's really this standard out there. We think that there's this guiding principle we're all supposed to follow. But really there isn't. It's just a genetic thing that's developed in us. It's not really binding on us. So again, according to him, uh, morality, objective morality, we all believe it, but it's fake. Mm. We all believe it, but it's a trick. It's an illusion. And so here's the problem. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> I just, yeah, for those of you listening, I just tipped our table a little. There we go. So here's the problem. For, for those of us that believe it's grounded in God and he is the standard, we have a real objective morality. But the best you can have on a scientific mm. idea is you can have a illusion of objective morality. Right. That's the best you've got. Yeah, yeah. So w what they're really saying is you can't live this principle out. Because you're under the illusion that there's these rules that aren't really there. Yeah, that's that's what would have to be played out consistently. Yeah. And so, uh, like, that's what's interesting about this, too, because it's like you just think about the inconsistency of it, right? Yeah. Because uh, the thing is, is with this philosophy of morality, it's going to constantly be changing. Nothing's going to be uh, exactly. set in stone. It's well, subjective. And yeah. that's the important, that's an important point. So let's move on to that one. So, yeah. so point number three, reason number three about science not adequately being able to explain morality mm -hmm. is this reason number three, if morality is grounded in evolution, then morality is continuing to evolve. Mm -hmm. So nobody <clears throat> has the right to tell me what ought to be because maybe my morality has evolved to a different place. Exactly, yeah. Because what could ever, whatever is right or wrong today might not be what's right and wrong tomorrow. Exactly. You don't know. It, it's constantly changing. Um, you got to think, like, how does this even apply to real life? How do we really apply this? Mm -hmm. uh, because you got to think about it. Was slavery wrong in 19th century America or was it okay? Right. Because that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Is it actually wrong or was back then when we universally as a society agreed on that? Mm -hmm. Was that OK? Because uh, back then they all would have said it was fine. Yeah. So what's a what, lot of what, people what happened have. there? Right? Now, now, we will say that it was wrong then. Absolutely. And it's wrong now. But mm -hmm. that's because we have an objective morality uh, uh, rules that are outside of us. We don't create the rules. Right. Right. And God has said that all human beings are equal. Yeah. That the Imago yeah. Dei, right? The image of God in everybody means that we are equal and nobody can own anybody else. And exactly. So, so that's a standard we as Christians can appeal to. But now think about it. You either have to say, if, if you're grounding morality in evolution, you're saying, like we said, it's constantly changing and evolving. Yeah. So either, no, slavery's always been wrong for everybody and we should never do that again. Of course. 
Or it wasn't wrong back then, but now I think it's wrong. But if that's the case, think about all these activists who are against racism and slavery, right? What they are at best, if this is true, what they are at best is just people who are changing things a little bit. They're not changing it for the better or for the worse. They're just changing. And so maybe you'll spend your whole life being an advocate against slavery, but in in 50 years we'll evolve to a place where we like slavery again. Yeah, and like what's the point So what's the purpose? You're not fighting for something outside of yourself. All you're doing is letting your genetics inform where you're at in this moral thing. It's a really weak and sad view of the world. Yeah, but that's what they believe. That's what you were talking about Well, here. yeah, and that's why it's inadequate yeah. to explain morality. But that's where you have to get mm-hmm. if you ground morality in uh, evolution because then morality <laughs> is constantly uh, changing, right, mm-hmm. which, is, which is crazy. So what will we evolve – what will our morality evolve into tomorrow? Yeah, who knows? I mean – Now, see, what's crazy about this mean, is, Tyler, yeah. is, is that – there is half of this belief in our culture with like LGBTQ morals. Mm-hmm. We're evolving past seeing it as just a procreation thing. But nobody would say that about slavery. No, of course. Right? And then something else I've thought about that. You want to go down that road. How long is it going to be before they start advocating for uh, pedophilia? Uh, yeah. I'm just exactly. being real honest. It's no, the it's same true. arguments. Yep. People, yep. And if people we're evolving get, to see that this, the, yeah. the, these things weren't really, well, they, according to this, you can't say they weren't really wrong. You can say they were wrong back then, but we've evolved to a new place. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's what you'd have to say. And so it's, I know people like get upset about that idea, but it's just true. That's what, that's the truth. It, it's all meaningless at that point. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah. and then and then really where you get to, like, again, we started off this conversation saying people recognize there is objective moral truth. Of there course, There are yeah. things that are binding for everybody. If, evolu- if, if, if science is the only way to know things mm-hmm. and if the naturalistic evolutionary story is true, you cannot have objective moral truth. The right. best you have yeah. is an illusion that's informing you now that may change tomorrow. Yeah, and it's all pre like it's just it's dictated just based off of your genetics. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so here's another reason why <laughs> science is inadequate to explain morality. Um, if morality is grounded in evolution and it's evolving, we can never really make progress. And progress is like a buzzword today, right? It's like a very yeah, popular right. we are progressive, we are making progress, we're for progress. Nobody wants to be for regress, right? Everyone wants to be sure. progress. Yeah. We're, we're moving <laughs> right, right. forward. Now here's the thing. If morality evolves and changes, can we actually call new laws or new cultural norms or standards progress? Hmm. Or is it just change? I think that's what it would have to be. It's just change. Yeah. I think so too, because progress implies that we are moving forward towards an end goal, mm-hmm. that we're accomplishing good and we're progressing away from bad, right? It's a yeah, moral of thing. Progress. In order to know that progress is being made, we would have to know what the standard is, what the rules are, right? Exactly. Otherwise, you don't know if you're making progress or if you're going backward. Yeah, how do you know? So unless there is an objective standard or rule, you cannot know if you're getting better. Mm. Does that make sense? So I I love this analogy. You know, uh, we talk about basketball. I love basketball. Of course. And who is the best basketball player on the Phoenix Suns? Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Yeah, he's absolutely. the best. He's the most talented. He makes the most shots. He's, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, it's, it's, everyone would say that, you know. And now I'm not talking about valuable, but I'm just talking about yeah, the right, best player. Right. He is, Devin Booker is the best player. Well, how do I know that? Um, 
I mean, it's because of the rules, right? Because exactly. he, can <laughs> he can perform the best within the confines of the rules of basketball. Yes. If mm -hmm. there were no rules in basketball, I couldn't know who the best player is. Hmm. If there were no rules in basketball... I wouldn't know if anybody's getting better at basketball. You're right. So if yeah. there wasn't, uh, you know, the rule that you can't double dribble, if if there wasn't a rule against traveling, or the if there three wasn't second rule, rule three which seconds, they added later. Yeah. If there were no rules, if there were no boundary lines to the court and everything was mm -hmm. in bounds, the whole arena's in bounds, and that you know what, scoring points isn't about making it in a basket. You can just uh, bounce it off your head, and that's forty-seven points. Yeah. If how, there yeah, were you know? no rules, if the rules were constantly changing, you can't make progress at getting better at basketball. It's the same with morality. If there are no set for all time in all places and all people's rules, you can't know if you're making progress. And so of many course. people act like we're making tremendous progress. And then you ask toward what? Yeah, exactly. Toward what? If morality is, is, is evolving and changing, we're not making progress. We're just changing because yeah, there yeah. is no standard to measure progress by. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the thing. Like when people, they claim, right, all these things that being a, a bigot or a racist or a hater is bad, um, any of that stuff, which, which it is. We believe there's oh, an objective standard. I would say standard. it's yeah. bad to do those things, but it's because there's a standard right. that those things are wrong. But However, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, what they're really saying, if you believe in this philosophy, is that they're at a place where their morality has evolved to a point where they currently think these things are not advantages, advantageous to, towards yeah. survival. And then, uh, however, tomorrow, the opposite might be true. Like, yeah, that's, that's the, thing. the real problem. It just flipped back and forth. So that, that's kind of the, one of the main issues with this, right? Uh, there's another problem with this, though, is that what reason do we have to trust the evolutionary process of morality, Right. Like, yeah. How can we know that it is making things better or more? Well, well, see, like, how do we know that yeah. slavery by like, I'm just saying for the sake of the argument here, sure. how do we know that by abolishing that, that that was like advantageous or, or prestigious? How do we know that uh, um, by ending World War Two, that that was a good thing? I, like, you know, you never know. Or mm -hmm. uh, anything, any moral yeah, law Holocaust, you can think of. whatever. Yeah. How we do can't you know? really say yeah. Whether it's whether it's better or worse, it's mm -hmm. just different. So exactly. I think that's interesting. Like let's let's talk about that for just a second. Right. Yeah. Why? Okay. So if this is true that there is no God, and that we can explain morality through science, why trust the evolutionary process to give us good and bad? Like how do we mm -hmm. know it's trustworthy? Right. You just really it's just don't. what is yeah. what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. We we literally have no way to even measure if it's good or bad. It just is what it is. There isn't good or bad. Because again, just that's is. that's the the standard we're using again is we're we're saying how do we measure something that says what is good or bad, whether or not it's good or bad. You know, it's you like can't. it just it, it doesn't work. So the point is is we <laughs> like we have to realize that uh, if you're living in a subjective moral law idea of a culture, then there really is like no moral law. It doesn't no. matter. And, and nobody yeah. really believes that. Like again, no one going does, back to right. our first point, everybody acknowledges there's objective morality. Mm -hmm. But if that's true, you can't have science explain where it comes exactly. from. Exactly. So you either have to explain it away like Michael Roos and say it's an illusion. Right. Yeah. And everything is really just subjective, even though we think it might be objective. Right. Or you have to ground morality in something more substantial than science, yeah. something like 
uh, transcending God. Yeah, exactly. Right? Theism, so, right? <laughs> yeah, so is there a better option here? Yes, I think that we both agree theism is a better answer to this. It is. It makes more sense of how there is objective morality. It does. And that's kind of the whole argument that we're getting at here, right? Um, I have a quote from Greg Kokel. We've had him on the podcast no, before. Oh, Greg, my you know. new boss. Yeah, your new boss. Yeah, he's exactly. The best. I love yeah, that guy. Great guy. Um, he says that if a moral absolute exists, it's fair to ask the question what kind of thing is it? It's not a physical thing. A moral thing is not physical. It doesn't extend into space. It doesn't weigh something. It has no physical qualities or characteristics. It is a non-physical thing that really exists. It's an immaterial thing. Something that you know exists, but you can't get at, at with any of your five senses. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the idea that murder is wrong. Exactly. Where yeah. does that exist in the physical realm? Is it here in your hand? Yeah, right. Is it in the table? It's in my heart, Robbie. Where is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a physical... He's right. It's not a physical yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not. But it really exists. Yeah, exactly. It's a it, law. Moral law. Mm -hmm. Any moral ought, as we were describing earlier, something that ought to be, comes from beyond the natural universe. Right? It can't be explained by anything that happens in the universe, and it can't be reduced to things men do in the universe it transcends the natural order and requires a transcendent cause, like a god, yes. as we were saying. Because it's not a physical thing. Right, yeah. And that transcendent cause being God, it, it makes the most sense. It does. Uh, because if morality is derived from evolutionary biology, we can't call anything universally evil. You just can't. It, it doesn't work. We simply have to say that they don't prefer it, uh, like certain things, not that they are truly evil. Yeah. It's like, all a preference. That's going all back that it to slavery yeah. or Holocaust, we just have to say, I don't like it where I've evolved to now. Exactly. But back then, maybe that's where they were yeah. at. Yeah. And so, so I think you guys have seen the point here that we're trying to make. It's that theism answers that question because it's just such a, it, I don't think that it philosophically makes sense for there to be a morality that is subjective. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot more sense logically based off of how we know how human beings are mm -hmm. with, like you said, that intrinsic yeah. knowledge of a objective moral. If there is a God, if there's a theistic idea. Well, and that's yeah. where it gets really interesting, Tyler, because, okay, so do people recognize there are a way things ought to be? Of course. Yes. Because if, if, <laughs> if we as humans didn't have that capability, nobody would ever think anything was bad. Yeah. So right. when people get upset with God about a hurricane destroying a city or a cancer diagnosis, mm -hmm. all of those things are the recognition that that is not how things were supposed to be. That is not how things ought to be, mm -hmm. which shows that there is a standard beyond us, mm. right? It isn't merely preference. And that's that's one of the ways that evil is a proof of God's existence, right? <laughs> yeah, Because you course. can't have, if there wasn't a God, there wouldn't be a standard and there wouldn't be an ought. There'd just be everything is, is right? Right, and you of wouldn't course. feel or think that shouldn't have happened. This should have happened. Mm -hmm. Those types of things are grounded in God and his moral character. Of course. So I want to share with you guys kind of a simple argument <laughs> to, to propose for this. Um, and it goes like this. Premise number one, if God does not exist, objective moral values and duties do not exist. Premise number two, objective moral values and duties do exist. Mm -hmm. Therefore, conclusion, God exists, right? Yeah. So let's think about this. If God doesn't exist, objective moral values and duties don't exist. Premise number one, right? We've been talking about that. 
uh, science's answer to that is agreeing with us. Yeah, if there isn't a God, there aren't objective morals and values. It's just an illusion we believe. Mm, yeah. It's a strong delusion we're all under that's advantageous to us, but it's not true. Right. So they, they agree with us on right. that, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. If there is no God, objective moral values and duties cannot exist. So that's something that we all agree on, even Michael Roos. Mm -hmm. Now the question becomes, do objective moral values exist? Right. And I think that they do. I think they do too. And I think yeah. everybody agrees with that because everybody, because it's not livable. You of can't course. live the idea that everything's subjective. So somebody says, oh, morality is subjective. I say, great. And I punch them in the face and I steal their car. How will they, will they be cool with that? No, of course not. No. Yeah. They would think that was wrong. Wrong. Exactly. Why? But why can't you just do it? Yeah. They should just say, you know, I didn't really prefer that. But you know what? It's not wrong. That's how it is. Yeah. That's how it is, right? Oh, well, so, got to suck it up and get a new car, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Maybe I'll go steal from somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah. But stealing wouldn't even be stealing. It wouldn't be a vice, right? It just would we be We just got to think is. of how chaotic the world would be yeah. if we live, if people tried to live that out. Oh, man. You, well, you can't. Well, uh, yeah, and you don't believe it. Yeah. You think when somebody wrongs another person, there is a standard where that should not have happened. Of course. We put people in prison based on they should have done differently, yeah. right? So nobody and people nobody disagree. I agree with uh, that, right? the law in the U.S., like, like state law, government law, all the time. Exactly. And then when they break it, there's there's consequences because there is an objective standard that has been set yes. in that case. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and the government, again, government yeah. doesn't make right. Government of course, of recognizes course. God's moral law. Yes. So they say, listen, murder is wrong because that's God's standard, and mm -hmm. we're going to set rules and principles here in our yeah. borders to def deter people from doing that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so that's where you get, okay, so God, if, if God doesn't exist, moral objective duties cannot exist, mm -hmm. but we all know that they do. Therefore God, God exists, exists, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's how it works. And so science is extremely inadequate to right. explain where morality comes from because objective morality is real and science cannot <laughs> explain where it came from. Right, yeah. And then that's the, the second point to the argument, right? Like we said, uh, number two is that objective moral values do exist. Mm -hmm. They do, right? And so there are only two options, like we said, when it comes to morality, either it's objective or subjective, meaning there's absolute morality or there's relative morality, each mm -hmm. individual making up their own. So... Objective moral values being moral values that are valid and binding, whether anybody believes them or not. Yep. That's right? important. Whether anybody important. believes them or not, they still are binding. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like example, like we said earlier, uh, the Holocaust was wrong, even though the subjective morality of the Nazis believed it was morally permissible. Yeah. And what would we call that? So think about this. Yeah. So, yeah. So the Let's Nazis. Think about it. Let's break that down. Okay. So, so we are sitting here saying that was wrong to kill 6 million Jews mm -hmm. in a systematic way. They did that, and they were convinced it wasn't wrong. Yeah, so right. So can, can both people be right? No. No. So what we would call their subjective morality is mistaken. Yeah. According yeah. to what? The standard that was set by God. Mm-hmm. If evolution uh, is the explanation of morality, all we can say is, well, they were at a point where they all had agreed on this idea— and it wasn't actually wrong for them. Right. 
but I don't like it now. That's that's what you would have that's, to do. That's all you can. That's yeah. all you can say. And nobody yeah. believes that. Right. No, of it's not livable. And, and so that's kind of what it comes down to, right? The real question with all of this, when it comes down to, is if God does not exist, do objective moral values and duties exist? No. Of course not. They don't. And and Michael Roos would agree with us on that, right? The evolutionists <laughs> yeah. would agree with us on that. However, they do exist. Therefore, God exists. So theism is a much better explanation to morality, just like last week when we looked at theism is a much better explanation to the cause of the beginning of the universe. Yeah. Science cannot explain the cause of the beginning of the universe. Science cannot explain morality. It cannot explain where objective morality came from, but theism can. Um, And so again, we live in in a weird time period where everybody thinks that the experts to life are scientists. Of course. They're literally yeah. the new priests. They, they really are. They're the priests of our time. They're yeah. the authorities. But the, the, the practice of science is just so inadequate to explain some very important things mm-hmm. about who we are and where we came from. And so that's just what we want to explain on, on these two episodes is yeah, exactly. science doesn't explain everything. And five, you know, nine out of 10 scientists say, who cares when it comes to certain things, right? Science has its place, but it doesn't dominate every school of thought or every school of study. And it doesn't answer every aspect of life. Of course not. It can't. It's yeah. not in the position to do that. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, again, th- th- what this, um, what this argument does philosophically is it proves the need for God in order to be, uh, consistent yep. with morality. Yep. Right. And so it, if you've used this before, or if you found, find this, uh, helpful to you, be sure to take that, well, this knowledge, right. Of this argument, you can apply this when you're talking to people about morality mm-hmm. and hopefully turn that into a gospel conversation to prove the existence of God, because it does philosophically lay out that there has to be a God that yeah. exists in order, because uh, like we were talking about before, everybody knows on their heart that there is an objective law uh, everybody knows universally certain things like murder is wrong and stealing yep. is wrong in those senses. And so you can use that and take advantage of that by pointing these things out. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Because like what you're saying is you're not telling them something they don't already know inside. Exactly. You're yeah. just showing them, Hey, you know, this deep down, yeah. what's the yeah. hot button issue that you think is wrong for everybody? Yeah. Ask them, what do you think is wrong? Yeah. Exactly. That is, that's a pinpoint. Ask them what, what, what makes you, what makes your blood boil, right? Like what yeah. is the, the, the hot button issue that gives you a pro- big problem in today's society? And then yep. ask them why? Because right? there's something all of us agree that everybody should be doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so I think, as you can see, you can really break this down. And it's a very useful tool uh, mm-hmm. when talking to people about a, uh, leading things into a spiritual conversation. It is. Because what you're doing is you're revealing to them the real world they're living in. Of course. In. Yeah. You're, you're helping them see what reality is actually like and that God made us and there is yeah. a standard out there set by him. And it also has to be a personal standard. Oh, of course. It yeah. can't be some immaterial material, impersonal, um, computer based thing, because if that was what was out there as the rules, right, it's not Mm. a personal God. It's just an impersonal computer type thing. We're really not breaking anybody's rules. We're just breaking this, uh, this, this robot. Yeah, of course. Right. So, so again, to break rules, you have to be going against an authority. Mm -hmm. God is that personal authority 
And when we break his moral law, we are saying, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And right. your character and virtue and standards don't matter anymore to me. I'm going to do my own thing. And so, again, this is this gets into Christian theology of why we are guilty, what sin is, all of that, right? Yeah. But the, yeah. the weirdest thing to me, Tyler, too, about when people try to ground um, objective morality in evolution, have you ever thought about this? Why have we evolved to a place of having standards that all of us would admit none of us can keep? Yeah, right. Isn't that's it a, weird? That's exactly. Why wouldn't we lower the bar a little bit and say, "Ah, lying, that's not a big deal." Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, lust, that's not so bad. Like, why don't we lower the bar? Why? Where would we develop and evolve this morality of perfection that none of us can even come close to doing? Yeah, right. It seems like that has to come from outside of us. Because that never would have evolved within us. It's mm-hmm. it's a dumb idea. That's so exactly. The I always point. think that that's fascinating. But anyway, that's enough deep. The I know this has been a little more philosophically yeah, yeah, deep right. than our normal stuff. But it is important because so many people believe science is the answer to everything, and it is just not. Right, it's inadequate yeah. to answer every aspect of life. So anyway, hey guys, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Tyler and I will be back next week, and we are going to yes, be talking about. The metaverse. Yes, right? the metaverse. So you Sweet don't want to miss Zuckerberg. that one. Yeah, yeah it's going to be exciting. We're going to kind of tackle into some really crazy ideas and stuff that's going to be happening in the next few years. Yeah, so. so make sure you tune in, or not yep. tune in, that's an old radio hey, term. You know, make sure you play your podcast next week. They can week. tune in the second <laughs> it drops, you know? That's like, right, that's yeah. That's what happens. So. Yeah, you can play once you're notified. Right, there anyway. we go. Oh, all, all right. Terms. Well, thank you guys again so much for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.